want to talk about how Jesus gives us an invitation to get our lives back in order and experience the freedom that he's both called us to and created us for. So research shows that the out-of-order sign is the most adhered-to sign that there is. Speed limit signs, nah, I mean, you experience that today when you come to church, right? Those are optional. Uh, Signs on tobacco products, even though there's warning this can cause cancer, people still smoke, uh, other signs. But yet, if you go to a vending machine, you want to buy a soda, it says out of order, you don't put your money in. If you go to a vending machine, you want to get a bag of chips, out of order, you don't put your money in. If you're driving with your family on 45, going to Dallas, you need to stop, you pull over, bathroom says out of order. That's pretty optional at that point. But for the most part, (laughs) if things say out of order, elevator, out of order, you're not going to get on that thing. And our lives are out of order, and Jesus gives us an invitation to get our lives back in order. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 say this. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Would you underline or highlight in your either app or whatever? I will give you rest. Uh, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Would you highlight or underline? You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus calls calls us to live a life that's in order, that's restored, that's new. Now, what are some things that cause our lives to be out of order? Uh, The big one is our brokenness. Uh, We are all broken in some capacity. Some of us are broken by choice. We choose certain sins. We choose certain habits to begin involved in anything. It just it breaks us. It just keeps us broken. Others are out of consequences. It's the choices other people make that have given us, caused us to have that. Uh, for example, my, uh, we have three boys, all games and put out of the house this last year. 2019 has been rough for Susan and I, my wife and I, relationship. 2020 has been easy, but 2019 was difficult. He found out, I was, it's actually a year ago, February, he called me, I was doing work, and he said, Dad, I need to talk to you. And I said, well, I have 30 minutes, what's going on? It's going to take longer. And so I said, okay, well, I'll call you when I'm headed to the airport. And he told me, uh, as he called later that afternoon, uh, my wife, who she was on staff at a church, had an affair. And he said, I'll do anything you want to reconcile with you. He did try to do all the right things. She said, no, long story short, he got a divorce. Uh, Consequence of someone else's choices. He was broken. And when it looks at the element of our choice, though, of what we choose to do, we choose to sin sometimes. Uh, We choose to get addicted to different things. Uh, Two types of experts say basically two types of addiction. Chemical addiction refers to addiction uh, involving a substance. Our behavioral addiction involves compulsive behaviors. Uh, They're persistent, repeated behaviors you often carry out, even if you know they're not beneficial to you. About 15 years ago, I got to help a church start their road to recovery ministry, which is a great ministry for people with with addictions. And so they flew me out to Southern California. uh, I went to Rick Warren's church that saddled back and met the guy who wrote the stuff and spent some time with him. He gave me a list of common addictions. By the way, don't raise your hand on this. Just, just, this is more, retor- more informational. Uh, like, that's me, Phil. Just keep it down. Uh, gambling addiction, sex addiction, internet addiction, shopping addiction. I thought that was interesting. Video game addiction, food addiction, exercise addiction. I don't have that one. I'm going to put on that one. Work addiction, tattoo addiction, love addiction, and then porn addiction. 
And in the research that they've done, the reason people don't recover, the reason they stay addicted to either the chemicals or the behavior, and I won't won't share all of them, uh, someone's enabling the addiction, uh, physiological or biochemical dependency, uh, fear of failure, uh, praying for a quick fix, uh, running from reality, false sense of happiness. I thought this was the most interesting one. Fear of insanity, if separated from my fix. That I, I, as someone who's broken, I understand how to live in my brokenness. What I don't understand is health, and that's scary to me. And so our brokenness causes our lives to be out of order. The other thing it causes is failure to refill and restore. It's where we don't take time to stop and rest in Christ. We, we just stay busy. We stay busy. And although we have the element of hurt that's in us, we have that element of emptiness that's in us. It's like we pull it up. Man, that looks like that would be painful. I'll stuff it back down and keep on going. And we don't take time to refuel. We don't take time to refill and rest our souls. Now, it's interesting. This came from another friend of mine who's a counselor. He says, when that happens, usually one of four things, it's an acronym. So it's almost, it's almost pastoral that I'm giving you acronyms and alliteration today. Um, the acronym is this, H-A-L-T. You may want to write that down. You can tell if, if I've not taken time to refill and restore, H is hungry. Some people call it hangry. Uh, if I'm hungry, I can't fully function. I need to stop and eat. A is angry. Emotions are neither good nor bad. Pastor Dan talked about that a few weeks ago. They're just emotions. They're signals for us. If I'm angry, there's something going on, right? I need to stop. Think through what's going on. L is lonely. Uh, Research shows right now in the last six months because of COVID, people that are single are more lonely than ever. People's addictions are coming out more than ever because they don't have their, their support groups to go to. When Susan and I walk the neighborhood, we see our single friends that live there. We always stop and talk to them as they're walking their dogs because they want to talk to people. They're tired of Zoom calls. Who's not tired of Zoom calls? And they want to communicate. They want to talk to someone. And then T is tired. You don't make good decisions when you're tired, when you're physically exhausted, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And the third thing we don't recover, we entropy and neglect. I was at the gym about three weeks ago, and I was cleaning up, getting ready to go see a client, and an older gentleman said, man, it doesn't take long for empathy to take place, does it? And I thought, well, it sure doesn't. Then I looked up, what does he mean? I don't know what that word means. And it, what does that mean? So it's a a slow decay, right? Everything's decay. And the older I get, the more I'm feeling the sense of decay. My metabolism's slowing down. Everything is just decaying. I've, I've given up on hair a long time ago. And so, you know, weeds come, rust comes, we, we just decay. And so there's that process of neglect that we don't take time to stop. We don't take time to rest. We don't take time just to sit and trust in the grace of Jesus Christ. The same grace that saved us, it's not by works, it's not anything we did, is the same grace that sustains us in the midst of our lives right now to live the life that he's called us and created us for. These are why we don't heal. So we make our choices, oops, and then our choices makes us. If I can go back here, yeah. We, we make our choices. It's about a choice to be free. Pastor Dan talked about this verse last week. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We were called to be free. We were created to be free. Christ wants to make us free. And Jesus gives us that invitation to put our lives 
for at or out of order, in order, by trusting in him. So, how do we do that? First, is recognize that what you're currently resting in is not enough. Now, the picture here, probably for most of you, some of you may know this. If you grew up on a farm, you may recognize, probably not. Uh, My first eight years, I grew up in a place called Walters, Oklahoma, which was wheat country. They had some cattle, but mainly wheat. And uh, they would, when they would plow the fields, they wouldn't pull their oxen or cattle out and put a yoke around them. They would pull their tractors and their combines out to, to you know, take the wheat down and, or dig the holes for the wheat. So we're not aware of this. We, we don't use these. But this is the yoke. This is a single yoke. Before we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a yoke of sin. We have a yoke of brokenness. Whether it's by choice or consequence, there's that yoke that we wear that keeps us from experiencing fully what Jesus wants for us. And we recognize that I rest in things that aren't enough is coming to the point of saying, I can't. So, some things we rest in. We rest in our success. I'm doing very well. I'm living in the right place. I have a great job. I'm making lots of money. That's that's the thing that keeps us from resting in Christ because we trust in that more than we trust in Christ. Or we symbols that we have, what you drive, what you wear, where you live. When we first moved to Houston, we were at a Bible study, a church that we used to attend. So was on staff there for about 13 years. And uh, we were talking about stuff because zip code was very important to people in our Bible study. And they said, where do you live? Oh, we live in the Heights. Where do you live? Oh, we live in a memorial. We live in West U. And they asked us. And whenever people ask things like this, you can always tell there's a look that Susan gets on her face. It's really uncomfortable because she knows I'm going to say something that's probably not right. And I said, where do you guys live? We live in the hood. Where's the hood? Is that a new subdivision? Well, it's off of Antoine and Pinemont. It's right across the street from Yo Mama's Cafe. And we have a gang in the front of the subdivision. Now, they know us, but they may not know you, so be careful. And oh, all that's true. Yo Mama's Cafe is a pretty good place to eat. But uh, you, you, you rest in symbols. And then service. As believers in Jesus Christ, oftentimes we still have brokenness. So what we do is we fill our time with service. I'll do this. I serve inside or outside the church. And at the end of the day, when we're laying in bed at night, we still think, gosh, there has to be more because that still emptiness is still there because we're living out of our brokenness. Now, the reason I know so much about this is because I've had this yoke around me. I'm a savant at resting in other stuff. These three things, some of them. I was able to manage my image very well that no one knew I had brokenness. Uh, I had great parents. They loved me to the best of their capacity. I've adopted. I never, uh, I, I remember they, they told a story about me adopted. We were out playing croquet, and Aunt Carmen called. We came up and got you. And uh, I never knew a time when I wasn't adopted. I felt sorry for other kids who weren't adopted. You're not adopted? My parents chose me. If you've ever seen the television show, Everyone Loves Raymond, I'm Raymond. I have a brother who's adopted. We're not biological. He's eight years older. He was Robert, and my mom was Marie. Now, my dad was not Frank, thank goodness. Uh, But my mom, everything I did was phenomenal. Oh, my gosh, you're great. I I, I have a music education degree, and when I come home, oh, sing for everyone. Would you sing? Hey, right, Phil's going to sing. When I went through seminary, hey, Phil's back. Would you speak? What? 
No, just speak. We just want to hear you preach. I don't have him. Oh, come on. And so when Susan and I, by the way, that wasn't good. When Susan and I were married, first married, uh, there's a church that says, hey, will you come speak to us? Real small church in Oklahoma. And so we went up there and spoke. And so afterwards I said, so how'd I do? And she said, now, Susan graduated the speech communications major degree. So she said, well, you know, and at one point here, and then this is there, da, 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 da. And I was devastated. And she said, what's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah, but, I mean, did I do okay? Yeah, you did fine. But here's some things you need to do better next time. Because I asked her, would you give me feedback? What she quickly realized is, here's what I wanted to hear. Oh, my gosh. I laughed. I cried. It was better than cats. Because that's what my mom said all the time. And so it really was a struggle because that was an area of brokenness for me. By the way, that's the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of stuff. We don't have time, uh, but it wasn't good. And so I really recognize I'm resting in stuff that's external. I haven't done this. And I came to the point of saying, Jesus, I can't. I can no longer manage my life. It is out of control. I'm trying to manage everything, and I can't. That's the first thing. Recognize, I can't. Second, you release your control and allow Jesus to lead you. This is the yoke it talks about in Matthew 11, 11 verses 28 through 30. It's two yokes. Now, again, since we're not farmers, this is what the, the farmer would do. He'd take an older oxen, a more mature oxen, and he would put it with the younger oxen. And as long as the younger oxen followed the older oxen, because the older oxen knew what to do, it understood the master's commands, and it would lead the way. Also, the older oxen would do most of the work, as opposed to the younger oxen. Jesus is saying this, hey, release your control. Let me lead you. My burden is light. My yoke is easy that he will help us, help me, help you through our brokenness. How do we do that? Turn away from your sin. If you're choosing to be involved in an element that's unhealthy for you, turn away from that. The Bible calls that sin. We turn away to that, and we turn to Jesus. Second, we turn our brokenness over to Christ, realizing I can't manage this. I can't control the process of this. I can't, Jesus, you can And then third, turn to Jesus in a committed relationship. That I'm going to follow you. I'm going to allow you to lead. I'm going to allow you to make the turns. And when you turn, Jesus, I'm going to turn. When you stop, I'm going to stop. When you go, I'm going to go. That we trust in the power of Jesus Christ and the grace that he provides us. The same grace that saved us is the same grace that sustains us in the midst of our lives that we stop trusting in ourselves. And then lastly, we rest in Jesus for his power to to change you. We rest and connect with Jesus Christ. We do simple things to sustain you. About four or five years ago, Susan, for uh, I told her today when I started, I said, hey, I'm using you a couple of times. She said, oh my gosh, what? It's not bad. Uh, She said, hey, I want to get you something for Christmas. I said, great, what are you going to get me? She goes, I'm going to get you a personal trainer to help you get in shape. 
what? And yeah, it's a personal trainer, and, and he's going to work with you, and, and you can, they're going to help you. Am I overweight? Am I fat? No, no, you're, you're fine. Because I'm very sensitive to those types of things. Someone told me outside before uh, I came in, you, you want to hear this kind of, hey, Phil, your haircut, your hair's out of balance. It's, you didn't cut it all the way. What kind of, who would tell someone someone like that right before you get into this fight? It's the guy in the back with the beard. And so... Um, <laughs> It's like, I'm so insecure now. Um, I said, well, okay, thank you. And so he gave me, he, she gave me this present, and it was a nice gift, and the, and the person that helped me. So the first day I show up, now I've worked out. I'm, I'm not a rookie on this thing. And I said, so what are we going to do? She said, well, we're going to work on your balance because people your age don't have good balance. I said, what do you mean people my age? She says, well, you're, you're, you're over 50. I said, well, over 50. She says, oh, well, then we're going to do that. So all we did the first day, we stood here, now touch here, touch here, touch here, touch here. Okay, we did that for 15 minutes. And so I went through the process and got my balance back, I guess. And near the end, she goes, do you want to sign up again? I said, no, I'm, I'm good. And, uh, and she said, well, what is your maintenance program? So she actually helped me develop a maintenance program, which was very, very helpful. Once we, once we release and we say, okay, that's gone. Here's, I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. I'm going to rest in you. You have to have some kind of maintenance program to continue the process. So that entity doesn't take place. That natural sense of decline. Now, just like balance was basic stuff, this is basic stuff. You know it. The question is, do you do it on a consistent basis? First thing is this. You pray. That's not rocket science, folks. We just pray. And when I was in seminary, I remember guys would get up. I get up at 4 o'clock to have my quiet time. Well, good for you. Tell Jesus I said hello. Um, <laughs> you don't have to get up at 4 a.m. You, you pray. Paul says this. You pray continually. It's just talking to God. And here's what's different of Christianity than in any other religion. When the disciples asked Jesus this, teach us to pray. Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven... It's a father. In the Old Testament, we see God as, when you see David in the Psalms pray, that God's, and he's still almighty, he's still sovereign, he's still, I mean, it, we don't take anything away from his, the reverencing him, but because of Jesus Christ, there's that element of connection. He's my father. I, I have no hesitation, my dad was alive, to go and ask him for something. And we can go to Jesus, say, Jesus, our Father's thought in heaven, because Jesus intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit says in Romans chapter 8, prays when we don't know how to pray, and we can call Abba Father. We have that connection with him. It doesn't when you pray. It's that you pray. Second thing is God's word. So where prayer is me talking to God, God's word is him talking to me. I look at the scriptures, it guides me, it directs me. It says, all scripture is inspired by God, 2 Timothy 3, 16, prophet for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Jesus said this, John 14, 21, if you have my commandments and keeps them, he is, who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. You want to know God's will for your life? Read God's word. So prayer is I talk to God, God's word is he speaks to me. And then what I think is just as important is community. It's connecting with other believers to walk with you as you go through this life. What I appreciate about the brook is the emphasis there. Ashley talked about real people, real struggles, real pain in a real world, right? How do we deal with it? With, with one another. 
We talk to Jesus through prayer. We talk to God through prayer. We, 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 we listen to God through his word, but then brothers and sisters in Christ are connected with us to weep when I weep, to rejoice when I rejoice, to help me through the struggles where I can be honest and open in community of how to live my life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Prayer, God's word, community. That's your sustainable plan to continue to grow and rest in Christ. It's not about doing, but it's resting, talking, listening, community of connecting. The question today is, will you choose freedom today by resting in Jesus Christ? Will you continue on in the element of living in your brokenness because that just feels comfortable? Will you continue on in just the addictions that you have that you are uncontrollable? Or will you say, I want to begin the process, and it is a process, of recovery and restoration through Jesus Christ. So whether you're online, you can talk to someone there. They'll communicate to you. Whether you're here, there'll be some pastors and staff outside. I'll be out there. You can pray with us, talk to us. Hey, I want to know about what does it mean to follow Christ fully? What does it mean to connect here at the brook from a community standpoint? There'll be people out there that can talk to you. So we're going to have a time of just, just thoughtfulness. And then I'll close our time in prayer. Aaron and the rest of the musicians will come up and conclude our service. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to take a moment just for you to reflect. Will you choose freedom today by resting in Jesus Christ? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. The fact that he came and died on the cross for our sins to, so we could have forgiveness of our sins, but he rose from the dead so we could be alive with you. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ and for myself here that today we will truly be free from our past, free from the brokenness that we've all have experienced in some capacity, whether it's by choice or consequence, and we'll rest in the person and the power of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.